Um, also, we just, uh, you know, sometimes things happen and we get a, uh, a need brought before us. And, and, and this morning, that, that's exactly it, too. There's um, in Guatemala, a lot of us that are here, we, um, there are people doing different types of ministry. And with that, sometimes teams are coming down. And I was asked to pray this morning for a team coming down that's having a, a bit of a crisis. So if you would, uh, let's pause for a moment and pray together. And um, just where you are, if you bow your heads and agree with me in prayer this morning for a special need. Our Father, I thank you this morning, God, that you are sovereign. I thank you this morning that you are not surprised by anything that uh, may be of surprise to us. God, you know exactly what's going on. And I, I pray especially for this, this group, this family, uh, the, the need of the hour. I pray, God, you would intervene even in this very moment, God, as we would agree together, God, that you would, um, we, we've sung about miracles this morning, and God, we just, we need that in this hour, and I pray, God, uh, for the decision makers, for the family, for the team en route, uh, God, grant wisdom to those that are leading and making decisions, and I pray, God, that you would bring together uh, that which needs to be. God, which at this point would require your intervention and the miraculous. And so, God, we ask for that, and we thank you this morning that you do hear us and you move. And um, so, God, have mercy this morning and be with us in this service. God, in this next few minutes, God, as we share together in your word and through example, uh, God, that you would enlighten us, that you would challenge us from uh, regardless of our phase and stage of life, but God, that we would hear your voice today and see application for our lives and our relationships. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We have, um, it's been a while we've been looking at uh, how we might could share with you over a series about marriage. And uh I wanted to make sure that if we did that, that we could do that in a way that regardless of your stage of life, that you would be able to uh, benefit and, and apply. And I, so we've been talking it up this past week because you could be here today and you're single, you're not married, then uh, you're in a great place because today we're going to give you uh, what is part one of four of some very practical things to help you in, in this relationship. You could be married or engaged to be married, and you're in the early stages, uh, perfect. Uh, I've saw several celebrate anniversaries this past week, 10 years and 20 years and, and even 30 years, and um, <clears throat> there's application for you. And you find yourself single uh, today, and, and you're thinking of marriage, and, and, and you're in a different stage of life. Maybe, maybe um, you were divorced, maybe you have children, then I mean, you're still thinking you know, that you won't be single forever. Great tools today and over the next few weeks. And I would just ask you if you would commit to uh, the next few weeks to be here and carve that out of your schedule and say no to travel and just try to be here and allow God to speak and do what only He can do. We need His involvement in our lives and in our marriages and in our relationships. I was, um, you know, years ago and where I grew up in Kentucky, uh, I went to church. I didn't I didn't like seek this out, but they would take me. They, my grandparents and great-grandparents. And instead of doing a four-week series, they'd just do it all one Sunday. They would pack me a lunch, 
And uh, they would let me take a nap because there was no kids' church. And I would eat all of my food and some of my siblings' food. Uh, but they just got it out of the way in, in one day. You know, three to four hour service. And some of you in Guatemala, you may have experienced that in the past. And so that's why I'm asking you, give us four weeks here because we're going to carve out and give you one nugget, one thing to take home every week. And we're going to break this up for you so you can go somewhere else even for lunch. And so bear with us, if you will. As we think about relationships, um, it, it's kind of like this, you know, and um, I look at even for Paula and I, and Paula's not here today, and so um, I am going to pick on her, uh, but she's not here to defend herself, and uh, unless she chooses to watch online, she won't know what's happening, and so I'm going to take full advantage and pick on her a little bit, and, uh, but she will be back next week, so, but here's the, kind of the way we would be thinking is in terms of um, what happy couples know. And thinking of relationships, it's just that it's kind of like sometimes um, we, we don't necessarily want to work on it, we just want it to work. You know, we just kind of, we're together in this, and, and let's just get on with it. Because, and yet I know as we are coming up ourselves, and i, I got to get my math right, but we're coming up on 36 years of holy matrimony ourselves uh, this June the 4th. And, and, and there's been that opportunity. Sometimes that we have needed to work on our marriage, that we have needed some counseling, that we have needed uh, people to mentor us and people to give us advice and give us wisdom. And so, but yet the tendency is to do exactly this, that we just want this thing to work. And, uh, but yet sometimes it does take some work. And when one of us might say, well, let's just talk about a relationship. You know, it's kind of like what we do when we're driving the car. We're driving the car up and down the road. And and I I, I tend to to, uh, work with used vehicles. My used vehicles, sometimes they get a rattle here and there. You know, and it would be very easy. You know, let's just turn the volume up on the radio and kind of ignore the rattle. But wisdom would be that I actually say, you know, uh, turn everything down because I want to concentrate. I want to see where this rattle is and see if we can resolve something. And that, that would be the motivation. We just want to make it a bit better. And yet, as long as it's not broken on the side of the road, do we really need to check it? You could go that route. And as long as it's not broken down the side of the road, do we really need to talk about it? Because we could just sit even after 36 years of marriage and not talk about it. and Just kind of let, let it go and let the rattle go. So this morning, I'm, I'm going to try to give you some visual and put some handles on something that may have been a part of, of your relationship to this point or some questions that you may have had, but you've not been able to verbalize it or or wrap your mind around it. So I'm going to try and do my best today to try to give you a visual. I have in this box hopes, dreams, and desires. And, and that's where, again, the application is today. Whether, regardless of your age or stage of life, that we all have exactly this. We have hopes and dreams and desires. We have some things that we... We think about and we hope for and, and we, we imagine that life would be about. And as we come into relationship, then 
we come into relationship with another party and we have, uh, we have the ability to come together as, uh, in, in this relationship and we both bring our hopes, dreams, and desires. So I have a few things I just kind of wanted to uh, go through and show you here. And um, one thing, you know, you get thinking about coming together. We all have ideas about money and I have some money. It is Monopoly money. Uh, we have a fresh game of Junior Monopoly. And, uh, but money, it represents a few things and a few ideas because some of you could come into your hopes, dreams, and desires and you have an idea of how the budget is going to be. And yet the other party may think, well, I've never had a budget and I don't want a budget. That sounds like an allowance. Well, um, or you may think, well, goodness, we're, we're coming together and now we're going to be dual income and no kids. And we did that for a season of life. And then the kids came and the priorities changed and, and spending changed. And, or, or you may think, well, you know, it's going to be, well, I, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom or I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. And, um, or maybe we're both going to stay at home. Or maybe we're going to be a missionary. Ooh, silence fell over the room. <laughs> but money, money's a big deal. And that's why we share today financial peace. But you bring that in hopes, dreams, and desires. We have, um, you know, an idea of what the house should be like. You know, we, uh, we want to clean the house or, or maybe we don't want to clean the house. Or we think somebody else is going to clean the house. But we have an idea of what, what it would be like to have the house clean or not. We... Um, and speaking of house, we have an idea of how we want to live. You know, maybe we want a, a nice little house that we can all live in and raise the kids in. And, you know, maybe not, it's not now the home that we want in the future, but it's a starter home or uh, we, we want this the, uh, a home to be able to do life in. We have an idea of cars, you know. Uh, I know I came into life thinking something like this, something kind of sporty and uh and then reality set in because we couldn't fit a car seat in the back. <laughs> and then uh, it became minivan life. And I'm still in minivan life. But it became reality. But we have, again, hopes, dreams, and desires. We get thinking about kids. And, and uh, I'm going to use Barbie today. But, <laughs> you know, we have a girl. You know, and you, you, you end up with one child. And, and uh, maybe you're thinking you know, we're going to have one or two. And, uh, and another girl comes along. And then, and then maybe us guys are thinking, well, and now it's time for a, we're going to keep going with this because we're going to get us a guy. We're going to get us a little boy. And so Spider-Man comes on the scene. And now we have three. Well, and then we're, we're from Kentucky, so we might as well have a basketball team and, <laughs> and have five of us. And, uh, <laughs> and then we can keep going. Uh, there's time. You know, time is, um, you know, I'm going to spend time with my friends and you're going to spend time with your friends. And, but maybe the other person's hopes, dreams, and desires is, you know, uh, you don't need to know my friends. And uh, we're, gonna, we're not going to spend uh, all of our time together, are we? But time and how we spend it becomes then a big deal. We have um, the calendar. And I, uh, boy, I, have a, I have my agenda, you know, and Paul and I got married uh, and thinking about calendars. She said, I'll tell you what, she said, I'll only need three holidays. And, and you and your family, uh, we, we can spend those, those, all those other ones with uh, you and your family. She said, I only need three. I need Thanksgiving. 
Christmas and Easter. And then after that, you get all the rest. You get Halloween. You get Veterans Day. You get All Saints Day. Oh, it's your birthday too. That's amazing. You get all those other holidays to, to spend with your family. And so the, the calendar and how we're going to spend that calendar. We have, um, maybe we're going to travel. Maybe we're going to travel a little bit and see the world. And yet, maybe someone else is thinking, well, no, I really like Mexico. We're going to stay here in Mexico. And we're not going to travel so much. And so again, hopes, dreams, and desires of what the world would look like. We have, um, you know, us guys have an idea of what uh, our, our wife would wear to bed even. Again, she's not here. You know, but, you know, something like this, you know. Uh, she is going to kill me later, but this is, um, you know, it's not exactly what I had in mind. Um <laughs> But she wants to stay warm, and of course, I want her to stay warm and comfortable and all that. And so uh, there's another hope, dream, and, and desire. You know, how we resolve conflicts. You know, for some families, they just kind of duke it out. You know, let's go to blows here. Let's, let's get physical, and let's, uh, let's work this thing out this way. And um, some families resolve it that way, and, and others, they just like to talk a lot, you know. We're going to talk a lot, and we're going to talk often, and we're going to talk loud, and we're going to work things out. And that's the way we're going to resolve conflict. And so that's the way it is with these hopes, dreams, and desires. And see, we all bring these to the table. Even if you're single today, you're thinking a little bit about, well, what would it be like um, down the road and when it, once I get married, and, and it's going to be like this, and it's going to be so wonderful. And yet... It may be a bit different. I want to lay a foundation for you as we come back to this in a moment. But I, I want to give you the why this morning and, and revisit this at the end. But a lot of times with, with all of us, we, we need a why behind what we're doing. Because you look at these hopes, dreams, and desires... And you may be sitting here this morning and you've been married, you've been married for 10 years and you're thinking, uh, you realize that your hopes, dreams and desires are different than the one that you're married to right now for the last 10 years. Your hopes, dreams and desires are a bit different. You see, when, when Jesus was, uh, his ministry on earth and he, he was introducing a new covenant to his followers and he it gave him two things and said, you know, uh, love God and love your, your neighbor. And uh, all the law and prophets hang on, on these things, uh, all the 600-some laws, and we can sum them up there. And then, and then he gives a last command in John 13, 34, that we should love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And he left him with this big command, this big idea. And I I see that, and I, as I look over all of Scripture, I can see where this theme works well in all areas. And I don't always know everything. I don't always know the answers to all, but I can generally know what love requires of me. In the writings of the Apostle Paul, who writes most of the New Testament, you see him weaving this into uh, his writings. Uh, he'll talk about what it is to love and to love like Christ. And 
He does that often. And I want to share with you just two verses as foundational this morning from, and I'm sorry for the slides, but you'll have to go back. I mean, a little bit. I got carried away. But Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And we'll, of course, in the next uh, four, three weeks, be looking at several verses and, and looking at this context. But if you look back even in chapter 4, you'll see Paul uh, describing what it is to live as children of the light or children of God. And he picks up in this chapter 5 of being imitators of God. And we're loved children. And we live a life of love. Like it's, it's our theme that we are known by this. And this gives me foundation for what uh, I share with you today and where we're going. But just as Christ loved us, again, Paul working in his writing this theme that Jesus left us with, that we are to imitate God. And, and this love of Christ, it is that he gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, to be known by our love. Known by our love. You see, I, when I look at relationship, I look at my family, I look at my, uh, my hopes, dreams, and desires, and that of my spouse. You know, I, my best moments are when I'm able to love in this way. I was last night watching, I don't know if any, any of you have seen yet, the new Billy Graham movie. And it was available um, on Amazon. I was able to watch that last night. And it was interesting to hear from his children. And they said, you know, dad was not perfect. Shocker for me. But they knew him so well. And they said, though, you know, dad was not perfect, but he showed us what God was like. How would he have done that? I can only think of this. He, he would have been an imitator of God. His, his children saw him loving God and loving others. And they saw that even though he was not perfect, that, that our father was so much about this. And his anthem, his theme of life was that he was loving God and loving others. And it was this motivation. It, you, you see how Christ loves us and it gives us the motivation then and the ability then to be able to love as he loved. And then you may be here today and that doesn't make a lot of sense to you. Because you're not following Christ. You don't have relationship with Christ. And so it, it, it's foreign. And, and you maybe see this, this visual, and you can identify with that. And you can, you can say, that, that's a great takeaway. And it is. This will help you regardless of your relationship. But the why behind where we're going would be exactly this. That we want to love as Christ loved us. I would love for my kids to have the testimony someday of, of my life that they, they would say that dad was not perfect. I'm sure that they'll say that. But I hope that they would say that he showed us what God was like in spite of his imperfections. And that's, that's possible then for all of us. But we've got to get the why. 
You see, I have no motivation to even be interested in anyone else's box of hopes, dreams, and desires unless I really am walking with Christ in a way that is reflecting Him and so that I want to leave a mark on the world of loving as Christ has loved me. But it's the why. It's the why. I remember sometimes with as Paul and I come together and we, we, we have our, our, our hopes, dreams, and desires. And she said early on that what is mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Isn't that great? And I, 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 she said that and, and I, could, I hear, heard that I was in the equation. And I'm thinking, okay, then, okay, I've got a checking account and she's got one. That means uh, what I've got is hers. And, you know, it's, it's kind of that blending together then of hopes, dreams, and desires. And here's what, what goes on. As we, as we came together as a couple, it's, we have both seen and heard some things and we've experienced some things. And, it's, and this is where this comes from. We, we've seen and heard some things that we don't want to repeat. Or we've seen and heard some things and we saw some good examples and those are things that we do want to repeat. We've experienced some things and they weren't necessarily all good and we don't want to repeat those. Or they were great and we do want to repeat those. You see that when you look at this box and these hopes, dreams, and desires, you see it's mine. I know I come to the table with, with my hopes, dreams, and desires. And we come together, and what happens is that they become expectations. I'm realizing maybe you can't see me on that side, but we're talking expectations. You know, what is now in this box is an expectation for someone else. These are my hopes, dreams, and desires. And, of course, as we come together, you're the one that has been God-appointed to fulfill these for me. Isn't that a great deal? See, expectations, it's this strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. See, you've, uh, Paula, you get to help make my dreams come true. It's going to be awesome. And expectations, it's an attempt to recreate or avoid something from the past. Transforms hopes and dreams and desires into expectations. And I can tell you what happens because I, I have firsthand experience is that when these things happen and two boxes of hopes and dreams come together, you and I, we collide. Two boxes come together and they're not exactly lined up. We, we both bring different things to the table. And when eyes collide, there's, there's five things that happen and I'm, I'm going to give you four of them this morning, you'll have to come back next week for number five. But I'm going to give you four today. Is that when, it, when these eyes collide, is that we leave, number one. You know, I've had enough. This is not what I signed up for. This is never going to work. And I'm out of here. I don't want to spend the rest of my life like this. I know I made a vow, but uh, it's just not working out. And I, I'm going to leave. Another thing that could happen is that we win. We win. 
And we do that when the four C's. One person, one personality is stronger than the other one. And we convince and convict, control and coerce. And we, we just kind of, you know, somebody's a better salesperson. Just say, you know, you know I, I know that you bring your box of hopes, dreams, and desires, but you have the wrong box, honey. See, I have the right box. And it, you, you just got to understand it. You just don't have enough information yet to make a yes decision of, of what we really need. See, mine is the good box and yours is the bad box. And so we, we try to convince and and convict and control and coerce and and finally someone says okay well uh, I guess uh, we conform you know we'll we'll submit then and say okay well this, I must have had the wrong box I must have had the wrong idea and uh, and so they begin to conform to what the other person's expectations are we may even compromise you know we compromise and compromise compromise can work compromise could be where you are today because we we see that it's come together and and there's a personality stronger than the other one and we say okay well we'll, we'll just compromise on this and uh maybe i had the wrong box i had the wrong idea i've heard uh heard people say older people and i've tried, i've learned a lot from people who have been successfully married for a long time but I've heard often them say, I'm committed to my marriage. I want my marriage, my relationship to work. And sometimes in closer observation, you, you see that maybe this has happened. There was a strong personality and the other person agrees in and well, we'll conform and compromise because this is my marriage and my, my relationship and it's my reputation and I, and so that, that comes together. And so this works and this will get you to the end. You can have a long marriage exactly like this. But often in this kind of deal, in this kind of relationship, there's, there's low trust. And when there's low trust, there's low intimacy. And, but this can, this can work. This can get you over a 50-year marriage or more. But here's what happens. Is when eyes collide, we lose us. Expectations create a, a debt and debtor relationship. It's kind of like, you know, that, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, I, I know that you do this for me every day. You get up and you make my breakfast for me and you, uh, you do these things. You, you help the house stay in order and you take care uh, of, of the kids' needs. And, and so and that's what you're supposed to do. And it be, creates this debt and debtor relationship if I owe you something if I owe you money today and I and I, I come to you and say I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you some money I'm gonna give you a gift well you don't see that as a gift you see that as I'm paying you back what I already owe you you're glad to receive it but you may not even say thank you because you think well this is you owe me and you gave to me and that's what you're supposed to do how often do we express gratitude when we feel like someone owes us something? We rarely do. It's, it's minimal. We rarely express gratitude for what we've come to expect. It's not, it's not unconditional love. See, unconditional love is 
OU eliminates love you. In unconditional love, expectations remove the margin necessary for love to be recognized and appreciated. And so we could find ourselves just kind of going through the motions. You know, it's, it's kind of like, well, it's, it's Valentine's Day, so, well, uh, you're expecting flowers and a card, and, and you get flowers and a card, and, and now we're back to even. Because I, I owed you, and now we're back to even. It's, it's, it's your birthday, and there's an expectation of, of what, what you're going to need, your hopes, dreams, and desires. And so uh, I meet that expectation, and this debt and debtor relationship, we're, we're now back to even. And there's not a lot of, of gratitude. There's not unconditional love. It's just we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. It leads us then to... Uh, a question that what should we do then with all of our hopes, dreams, and desires? Because we've, we've got these. We've got hopes, dreams, and desires. What do we do with it? What do we do with it? You see, what happy couples know, and this will be a, a hint for next week, happy couples know something a bit different. You know, they're, uh, the way that they operate and the way that they deal with their own hopes, dreams, and desires, they, they still have them. They still have them. It's just that they don't, <clears throat> they don't make them someone else's expectation. You see, we still have them. But it operates a little differently. And it operates differently because of the verses I shared with you earlier. Let me ask you a question. Your relationship and or your would-be relationship. What do they owe you? What do they owe you? Ephesians 5.2 again. Walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. We're walking in love. And I've got my box. I've got my hopes, dreams, and desires. And I, and I know that you do too. And so I don't, wanna, I don't want you to have the expectation that you've got you've to meet my hopes, dreams, and desires. I'm going to keep those. The question today, a couple things. What, what, number one, what, what's in your box? We go through some things, and it's kind of general today. But what, what is in your box? And once you know what's in your box, then the question is, have you given your box to somebody else? Is somebody else having to carry this box around? Because you've made it theirs. See, what happy couples know is that they're not... They're not they're keeping their box to themselves. It really becomes, we're operating in love. And so we're, we're trying to figure out what, what does the other person need? How, do, wh- how are their needs met? Because I'm loving them as Christ has first loved me. That's the way I operate. That's the way I want to be. That's the theme of my life. That's the way I want to live out my life. How about you? Because for some of you today, you sit here and you think, well, that, that just doesn't make any sense. You know, uh, th- these are my hopes, dreams, and desires. I want someone else to meet those needs 
for me. And I hope maybe the wake-up call, maybe the question would get you to thinking about well, what is in this box and is someone else having to carry that for you? What would it look like the other way? Is if you fully have relationship with Christ and you're, you're walking in that relationship and you're walking out that relationship and so that folks would know that you're walking with Him. Yes, they might say, just like Billy Graham, that you're not perfect. That you're a person who, who attempted to love like Christ. What would that be like for you? I want to invite David and these guys to come up and close us with a song this morning. And I'd like to give you a moment to reflect as we pray together. Bow your heads with me if you would. Father God, I thank you this morning. Thank you this morning for your word that guides us and gives us foundation for life. Gives us the ability to, to love as you have loved us. And God, I know for me, God, I was unlovable. And God, yet God you sought after me and you, you showed me a love. You showed me grace. You showed me truth. But God, I saw a love that I'd never seen. It didn't make sense. I experienced a kingdom that was upside down. Just this world, like, God, are you serious that you would die for me in my state of rebellion? And you would call me to a life of love? A life where I have the opportunity to do to do what doesn't make sense, to set aside God, the, everything I've experienced and things I want to see recreated in relationship. And yet, God, you would call me to, to love first and to love sacrificially. God, today in this room, I hope that, God, by your spirit, that you have struck a chord with each of us. And within every stage of life, God, that we would walk out of here today God, with reflection, God, we want to, we need to know what's in our box. We need to answer the question, is someone else carrying that box for us? How can we love, Lord, like you have loved us? God, you're an amazing God. You're a holy God. Your love is amazing. God, work in this room Work in this room, work in our hearts, God, as we are open and submitted to you. God, we want to we wanna see and live out a, a legacy that's different because of the living Christ. If there be needs in this room today, God, I pray that you would give courage to the one. Maybe they've heard all this today and they think, wow, I'm, I don't know what it is to walk with Christ. Maybe today is the day of their salvation and they would come and pray about that. Give them courage to do that. Others need to take some steps in a relationship. I pray for wisdom and I pray for courage today. God, that they'll seek out an opportunity to pray and, and make things better. That we grow in you. So work among us today, Holy Spirit, as we sing together. In Jesus' name, amen.